welcome to Zonan Canada. I'm your host, Jesse Betteridge. Uh, this podcast focuses on the connections between anime and Canadian media. And naturally, you can't find a much more significant tie in that subject or in that area than a Canadian animator who has worked on actual anime. And that's why I'm very excited uh, to welcome my guest, Janice Chan. Janice is an illustrator at Giant Ant Studios in Vancouver, B.C., and recently provided concept art and directed the ending credit animation for Brand New Animal, the new anime series from Studio Trigger, which is set to debut globally on Netflix on June 30th. Janice, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Let's just just kind of get into things. Could you just explain in a little more detail what your role was on uh, BNA, or Brand New Animal? So I I did the concept art for it. Um, so that's mostly like early passes for like character designs. And then I also helped out with image boards, mm-hmm. which um, those are, I kind of think of them as like a, a mix between like a color script and like a style frame. So these are kind of like basically just rough um, paintings to kind of show like the color scheme and like the composition of like shots and stuff. So it's it's different from doing actual character designs or background art or or storyboards or things like that. It's more of a my understanding is it's kind of a launching point for those things. Yeah, basically. So um, I think in general there's very like very little of what I do directly makes it into the anime. Like it goes through like a bunch of hands and like it it changes and develops and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So. But the stuff the stuff that you did for the show is a lot of the like core concept visual work for it. Is yeah. That, is that accurate? Yeah, I guess so. It's, yeah, it's concept art. Could you tell us like kind of how this started? Uh, how, how did you wind up working with Studio Trigger? I understand there's there's a little... What, what's the story behind how that happened? Oh, oh yeah. So um, basically, like for me, it was like super out of the blue. Um, like one weekend I was just sleeping in and then like, I, I woke up and like, you know, like the first thing you do or the first thing I do is like, I check my phone and then I have like this email, which is like, Oh, like, hello, or studio trigger. Oh, Yo Yoshinori is like making a new enemy project. Could you do some concept art for it? And I just looked at that and I was like, what? And like, you know, I'm half asleep. So like my, my, um, my immediate reaction is like, Oh, this is probably a scam. And then I just, <laughs> Went back to sleep. Someone just sends you a text out of the blue asking you to save anime, basically. (laughs) It it, it was an email. Um, Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it was an invitation to help out with concept art. Um, But I replied eventually, and it was real. um, And, like, we sorted stuff out, and then I got started with, like, um, some character designs. Yeah. And it, it was Studio Trigger, like, itself that reached out to you? Oh, um, no. So the person that reached out to me is Will Fang. So he's a producer at Ultra Super Pictures, which is the parent studio for Studio Trigger. So, um, I think Will handles a lot of the, um, like, like scouting oh, or, um, of... I think overseas staff. So, okay. um, for scouting, um, what I heard is that, um, one of the producers at, on BNA, um, Tsutsumi, 
found me somewhere on the internet and like you know they had like a Pinterest board for okay. the for the direction of the show and like I was on it and I think um because um because I can I I can kind of do a pretty wide variety of things like mm-hmm. character design backgrounds and like illustration and like stuff like that um and I guess it's a bit uncommon for people to have like such a wide range in their portfolio so I think because of that like they had me as like one of their top choices oh oh, wow yeah so when they reached out to me I was like oh like hell yeah sure your style meshes with a lot of the stuff that, that trigger does as well uh, yeah, a, a, yeah, lot of the, so. a lot of the colors and, and contrast that yeah. you use from just yeah. my observation. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. But that's really amazing. So it was it was you directly. It was you personally that they reached out to. It wasn't uh, Giant Ant in general. Oh no! So the Giant Ant thing is um, mostly because I referred Trigger to Giant Ant. Oh, okay. So for the ending animation, basically what happened is. Like they they um like we were in a meeting one time and then like after or like towards the end of it they were like oh like by the way like would you be interested in like doing the ending animation and at first my response was like oh like that's really cool but like also I'm not that fast at animating and like you know I have like my day job I'm not sure if I can do this and they're like oh okay like that's understandable and then like right afterward I was like hey what if I did this for my day job. So, uh, yeah. See, so like, there, that's, that's how you, <laughs> you manage these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I talked to my boss at Giant Hand, and then I talked to, like, the people at Trigger, and then they worked something out where um, the ending animation got outsourced to Giant Ant instead of me yeah. as an individual. Yeah. Yeah, because my, my understanding is that when anime producer or when anime studios make opening or ending animations or when um, production uh, production committees make the opening and ending animations that that work is almost always outsourced to a different studio um, even mm-hmm. in in Japan between different studios oh. there uh, my, my understanding and I think there's been instances I'm pretty sure there's been instances where those sequences have been outsourced to like Korean studios. Um, and stuff. As far as I know, I could be wrong on this, but I think this is the first time I have heard of an opening or ending sequence being outsourced to a Western studio or Western animators. Mm. Um, so that's really cool that that you got to. That <laughs> yeah. you, they they chose you to do that, and you wound up yeah. headlining that through Giant Ant. What what is your um, usual role at Giant Ant? It's I understand it's more illustration than than doing animation. Yeah, yeah. So what I usually do is, I guess, like, design. So, like, for example, when we have a project, um, like, I might be designing, like, the characters for, or, like, the backgrounds or, like, style frames and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, like, the the bulk of it. Okay. And what what titles have you worked on before, uh, prior to BNA? Um, so... My, my, um, I guess my career history so far is, let's see, in 20, in 2016 or 2017, um, I 
I did a two month internship at DHX, which is mm. now called Wild Brain, um, on a show called Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh yeah, the, the new Rocky yeah. and Bullwinkle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I did, um, I did BG layouts on that for two months. So that was, um, uh, an internship I got through my, um, uh, my school, um, Capilano University. I was part of, um, their 2D animation and visual development program. Mm. Um, so there's that. And then, you know, I went back to, like, I finished my school and, um, like towards the end of my schooling, um, I, I actually reached out to Giant at first. I was like, oh, hey, like, I just finished my website and like, I think you guys are cool. I want to like work with you guys. Could you take a look at my portfolio? Um, so that was something, um, I said to one of the, one of our art directors, uh, Raphael Miami, because mm-hmm. I, I realized that we were mutuals on Twitter. So I was like, oh, hey, I, I should hop on that. Um, so yes. I, I messaged him and he was like, oh, hey, your work's awesome. Um, like, can you do animation? And at that time, um, I, I didn't actually have a demo reel yet. So like right after I got that DM back, I was, I was just like scrambling to like cut together a bunch of homework I had done. And then in like maybe two hours, I like sent like a 30 second clip back. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do animation. Uh, yeah, here, check this out. And then um, from there, um, we basically set up um, a- another internship. Um, for me at Giant Ant, like starting, um, starting from after I graduated, and I at that time I I had like booked a, a I think month two week long vacation right after I graduated. So mm-hmm. then, um, basically once I graduated and finished vacationing, I started working at Giant Ant, and that's kind of the position that I've had since as a day job, and then somewhere between. Then and now, uh, I got contacted by Trigger. So as far as titles, titles go, um, other than BNA, um, there's Rocky and Bullwinkle and then basically just like a bunch of, like a pretty wide range of like commercial stuff. Oh, okay. All right. I've done through Giant Ant. Yeah. Like, and does, Giant Ant, uh, there are quite a few animation studios in Vancouver. Giant Ant is one you don't hear about quite as much. What can you tell us a little about the company and what they what they do? Um, what do you think? Giant Ant, we're kind of a motion graphics studio. I I think um in like TV shows and like the film animation world, we might not be heard of much because I I think that's kind of like a it's like a different sphere. <laughs> Yeah. Then motion graphics. Um, so like instead of TV shows and like films and stuff, we're a lot more like involved in like advertising and yeah. like short like campaigns and like stuff like that. So like once in a while, like we, we brush with like, um, like TV and film stuff. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, so with the concept art for BNA, I'm not sure how how far back this went. How much freedom did you have with creating that concept art? Were they really specific about what they wanted, uh, or they did they really want you your work to kind of influence what was going on? Because I understand the the series had already been under production for or pre production for a while before they they contacted you. Um, I I don't actually know too much mm-hmm. about that. Um, but I 
as far as like how much freedom I got, I'd say I got a lot more than like um, what I expected. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I think I might have mentioned this like somewhere else before. Um, but like basically like they give me like some kind of prompt, and then like I'm I'm allowed to do like anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I I always found that surprising. So I I would like. Like, I often ask questions for, like, oh, like, specifically, like, oh, like, how, how would you like me to do this? Or, like, how would you like me to, like, do, like, that thing? And they'd be like, oh, like, just do it in a way that, like, you think works or, like, you think it's cool. We'd like to see, like, your take on it. So I think that was, like, really, really cool of them. And I think that's also why, like, I had so much fun, like, working on BNA. And this was all, and this was all done remotely. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, so you, you never, you haven't gone to Japan to to meet anyone from Studio Trigger. No, I I love to. Uh, actually, like a couple months before they contacted me, I was like in Tokyo for vacation. That was like the okay. vacation I took, like right after school. And then a good, good yeah. choice. Yeah. Um. On that note, um, I, I actually I was. Very curious. I know Michiru, uh, Michiru, the main character in BNA, she's a Tanuki girl. Have you seen a Tanuki before, like up up close in person? I have not. I've only yeah. I've only uh, seen pictures, and I've only seen them in media, I guess, like you know, Palm Poco, yeah, or like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to Japan twice, and I want to see a Tanuki, but I. Uh... I've not managed to. Maybe, yet. Uh, do they have them in zoos? I don't know. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but, well, they're more, they're like a raccoon. Well, yeah. I mean, in fact, I think in uh, the English version of BNA, they are, I think they are localizing it as raccoon. Oh, which they always I, I seem don't to like do. that. I mean, me neither. I don't like that. I don't yeah. think it's accurate. It's not. Like in, yeah. in Palm Poco, they do that. Uh, in Animal Crossing, they, it's, they really dance around the fact that oh. uh, that Tom Nook's a, just say, a Tanuki. Just say Tanuki. Not, I know. Just say Tanuki. It's not that hard. I know. Like we, Anyways, all, we, all, yeah. we all played Mario three. We 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 know what a Tanuki is. Um, can, if you don't know what a Tanuki is, you can learn what a Tanuki is. It's not hard. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was a kid and I played Mario three. I asked my dad, "What's a Tanuki?" He said, "Oh, they made that up." And it's like, "No, they didn't. I know it's real." And I was right. Um, <laughs> I, I know you did a lot of the the character concepts and they're all most of the characters are anthropomorphic of course um mm-hmm. do you have a, an approach to designing anthropomorphic characters or uh or, or just kind of coming up to how do you how you execute them is it just purely a design thing or what what's your what's your thinking into that um that mm-hmm. style i don't think um there's too much that's different in my approach to like anthro characters than like you know like human characters um like obviously like compared to human characters i i would have to like pay a bit more attention to like you know what animals look like um but when i design characters what i'm often thinking about is like what the what their design is used for like for example are they a main character or you know are they like a background like mob character are they like a side character Mm -hmm. And then stuff like, you know, like what their personality is, what their, if they have like any kind of like occupation or like role in like some kind of story and like how to like portray that. Um, 
you know, sometimes I think about like, you know, like fashion. Um, so like, oh, like, like what, what they wear and like how, how would they wear it? Um, and in the, in the case of BNA, um, for many of the main characters, I would receive, um, like concept art from Yoshinari. Mm-hmm. So, um, for, for those ones, I, like, when I, when I receive, um, materials and explorations that, like, someone else has already done, I would also, like, consider, you know, like, what's already been done and, like, try to, like, incorporate and, like, evolve, like, like, those ideas into, like, my own takes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, again, very much a back and forth between you and the studio. They'll, they'll give you, prompts use of the designs and then yeah and then they'll they'll uh, like they'll convert that into something that's animatable yeah it's yeah it's interesting i I know studio trigger has um they they have a history with working with with animators and and illustrators overseas i i am curious if they if they wanted like a really specifically western touch to the way that they approached anthropomorphism in this show i uh i don't think we have a clear answer for that yeah i i don't know that would be like a question for the director yeah yeah. that's (laughs) that's the impression i get but i'll uh, maybe i'll keep that one under my belt i think um (laughs) was there anything in particular that you uh what was your what was your favorite thing to design for bna to design sorry that's a that's a tough question (laughs) (laughs) what things did you enjoy the most in general i enjoyed the most well, the thing is, like, I, so there's, like, two main things I did. There's characters, and then there's the image boards. And I think there's, there's things I like about, um, both of them. Um, so for characters, I, like, I just, I, I enjoy, like, like, drawing characters and thinking about characters in general. And then for image boards, um, like, those ones, um, they have a little bit more polish mm-hmm. than character designs, and like in those, what I'm exploring is like lighting and colors and composition, and that's something like I I quite like as well. Um, yeah, so it's hard to pick because yeah, they're they're both like fun and interesting. In right? Did you find that they? Well, obviously, you you've seen most of the show at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. Up front, I'll say I haven't I haven't actually watched any of it because I <laughs> am obediently waiting for Netflix to to release oh, the episodes. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but did did you find that watching the episodes that they you, you know did they take cues on things that you did like approaches to lighting and uh, and color and contrast and, and things like that or uh, or is it more broad broad oh, ideas that you can yeah use? yeah for sure so like when I when I watch the show like I can. I can like definitely see like oh like I remember like like this is this is definitely like probably based on, on like this um image board I did um but like I can also see that like um they've taken like liberties on that mm-hmm. as well um so like I think I can definitely like see like um where people are inspired or like influenced by like the work I've contributed um, but I think like, you know, like they, they put their own touches on it mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Lately, there's been a lot of, uh, debate over what constitutes like real anime or what, what counts as anime and what doesn't. Um, 
Though, so the way I understand it is that obviously anime, and when I say anime, I don't I mean like the English definition of anime, which is you know this specific type of animation that's that's made in Japan. But it's not just made in Japan. It comes from like a distinct production pipeline that's different from you know when they do outsourced animation and stuff. That's, yeah. that's my understanding. Being someone mm-hmm. who has worked in anime and animation in general, and you've, you you know you've worked in Western cartoons, you've worked kind of within that anime production pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, what what how would you describe the differences, or what do you feel the differences are, or did you notice any major differences? So I think I I definitely got a got a taste of like what the differences are mm-hmm. um but i think because i'm working as like a overseas artist my my exposure to like the rest of the production is very limited mm-hmm. and i guess like from there like my my knowledge of like the japanese like animation pipeline is, is basically just like you know a couple episodes of shirobako it's not a it's not a bad basis for understanding. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't think I'm informed enough to like really define like what the what the differences are, or even just like the <laughs> like, like the conceptual back and forth or the approach to creating character designs and and backgrounds and things like that. Was there anything with the way that uh, you did that with Trigger that stood out compared to other productions? Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so with my experience with tv animation um i think like everyone's roles are like very like specific and broken down and like you don't really um like the influence you have or like at least the influence that like you know i experienced like for like my contributions to the to the show that i worked on it's like very it's like very small and like very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Giant Ant, um, I think a lot of the projects we have are like very like short and like the scope of it is small. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really like a lot of the work we get is like for advertising. So, um, you know, the, the designs and stuff are kind of like centered around advertising like an idea or like a product or like something um and there's like like characters generally aren't like the the focus or like if they are like the arc that they go through and stuff it's like it's like not that deep and like you kind of like you make a character they're in this spot and then like it's done um so with trigger and like my my role on bna um i think like i got i got to experience like having like a lot more influence than like you know like what what i um what i've experienced with like tv animation like Mm -hmm. in the west and then also there was more more um time and space for me to like become invested in the characters i design i think okay yeah Yeah. um so i I want to know a little more about the ed the ending sequence yeah specifically so you were saying that they they initially approached you and you wound up kind of referring giant ant for that um and 
can, can you kind of tell us a little more about how that came together and like the and how the team was brought together to uh, to produce that? Oh yeah. Um, so basically, I like like right after I had that meeting, I thought about it and I was like, oh wait, wait a second, maybe we can like do this through China. So then I sent an email back. I was like, oh by the way, um, actually like my studio is pretty cool and like we can maybe do this. And if we do this through the studio, like I, I would feel like more confident about doing it. And then they got back to me. They're like, Oh yeah, like maybe we're concerned about the budget, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then like on, I guess I kind of brought it back to, um, my boss and like we kind of like discussed like what's, what's possible, um, for like, you know, like the, the schedule and like, you know, the budget that they presented. And then, um, I think in initially what I was thinking was that like, like I could just like go solo and like do this thing like at Giant Ant, um, for like, you know, like a couple weeks and then, you know, be done with it. Um, but then my boss was like, Oh, like we, we don't really like want to bench you on a project for so long <laughs> so so they're like how about like a compromise it's like we'll, we'll take this and then we'll shorten the amount of time that you have to make it but you can have like like three more people to like work on this so um the the animators i picked are all animators that like kind of have uh more experience with like a hand drawn like animating style. So I think for, for me, like when I think of like what I wanted for the EV animation, I wanted like, um, I think the, the hand drawn, um, cell animation style was important. So we selected people that would be able to pull that off well. Was this your first time like headlining, uh, uh an animation project through a studio? Yeah, through through a studio. Yeah, yeah. I think. What, uh, how, yeah. how was that? Is your first experience? Like, what was the what was the learning process that uh, that you that you that you went through with that? Um, I think I was like definitely like super super nervous when <laughs> when I'm like when I was like you know thinking about stuff on my own. But um, everyone on the team is like someone I've worked with before, and like they've worked with like each other as well. Like. Like, I think Giant Eye as a studio, like, everyone is, like, very, like, tight-knit and, like, collaborative. So, like, in that way, like, I think because of that, like, my experience as, like, a director, I guess, was, like, pretty smooth. In in the past, the, I guess the one other, like, directing experience I had was um in the first summer after my first year of university, I had attempted to like direct and produce like a, a short with like a bunch of my peers, mm. like, and like classmates. Um, and that like a lot of things happened and, um, it kind of like fell through and died. Um, but I think from that experience, like I, I learned a lot of stuff about like, um, what it, what it means to lead a project and like, you know, like things, things I should be like mindful of and like what I should like avoid and stuff like that. Yeah. And obviously they, you heard the, they, they provided you with the song and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. To work with. How, 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 what was, what was it like, uh, having to like completely 
do this small project set to a specific song? I think I think it's cool. I think I think you know I feel like most people when they listen to music, like if it's a song you like, or at least like for me, um, you always like fantasize about like a music video. Mm-hmm. Like in your head, like you have like visuals that go with the music. So like having a an oppor- an opportunity to kind of like actualize that, I think it was like very exciting. And of course, you had to take into consideration things like how to compose the animation around the credits that would be uh, appearing. I guess you probably you probably didn't get too much specific uh, direction on how to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just kind of like kept that in the back of my mind, like okay. as I designed stuff. I, there there were a lot of uh, pieces. I, I had to think about while while designing. Here, here's a dumb thing <laughs> that I've debated with a few people before. That is totally stupid. I don't know why I'm even asking it. But when it, when you're talking about a, uh, the final product of an ending credit sequence, do you think it's better with the credits or without the credits? Hmm. Well, I guess it it depends on the on the design. I guess yeah. like I think if you if you design something with the intention of having credits as part of the design, then obviously like it will look better with the credits. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, if you design something like, you know, independently without like really integrating the credits into the design, then it would be better as a standalone thing. Yeah, there's no there's no clear <laughs> clear clear cut answer. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. it depends. It depends on your intention and the execution. What what would you say are some of your major influences uh, for, oh. for, for for illustration and animation? For illustration and animation, oh, there's so many. So, um, you take I, time. Think, <laughs> I think for for BNA um, and the uh, so for the image boards of BNA, um, I think I use like a really like graphic, like brightly colored, like geometric look. Uh, my my influences for that would be James Guillard and like Jasmine Lai and like um, a lot of the work that Chromosphere does. Um, and then for character designs, um, I think like shortly after I started working on BNA, I'm like, oh, like, you know, I actually haven't done that many like anthro character designs before. So I started like paying more attention to mm-hmm. artists that like, that specialize in that. So um, for me, a couple influences for like anthro characters would be like um, Jaya Pai um, and like Kolo Draws. Um, I'm I'm not sure if that's the. <laughs> I think yeah, like they're on Twitter. Um, and also, I I looked at a lot of Pokemon designs. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, I think Pokemon like. It's it's kind of the the stylization. I think the way they stylize animals is like it's it's like sleek. It it feels anime. Um, and yeah, I guess like that that's something I want to achieve with like my designs on BNA. So yeah. well, the, most, the most the most popular Pokemon are always the most anthro ones, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And was there, uh, like, growing up, was there any specific anime that you, you watched or really enjoyed or, or uh, had an impact on you in the long run? Not, <laughs> not, not, not either as a creative or just a fan. Just, like, in general. Um, 
I love Full Metal Alchemist a lot. Mm-hmm. So like growing up, my my aunt is like like a bit of an otaku. Mm-hmm. So like um, whenever I I visited like my my grandma like like she she lives with my grandparents. So like whenever I visited um, my grandparents, like I I would like watch like anime with her. So like some of my like early like anime exposures would be stuff like you know the 2003 FMA and like Card Captor Sakura, um, and I think we watched Rosen Maiden as well. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I all that don't... early Digi Paint. <laughs> yeah, I I I actually don't remember Card Captor Sakura that well because I was like pretty young when I watched it. Same yeah. with Rosen Maiden, but um. I I revisited um, Full Metal Alchemist like many times in in high school and like after high school and stuff. So I think like that one it's like it's very dear to me and also it's it's just like so well done like the story. And I guess like I, I had like a big old mecha phase. Um, so like growing up I watched like a, a bit of Gundam as well. I have like a, a couple like kits that I built with my dad um, and. Um, my my dad also has let's see a bunch of Evangelion episodes on DVD with like Chinese subs. Oh, okay. And it's in Japanese, but like you know I I don't speak either language well, so like I just watch it for the robots, and then you know halfway through it's like just confusing. Yeah. Well now yeah. now now you can watch the uh, super literal very specific translation that they have on the, the Netflix version. <laughs> and, uh, hey, you can revisit uh, Card Captor Sakura on, on yeah. Netflix too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll be I'll be doing that soon cuz I'm going to be doing an episode of this show on uh like the whole impact of Card Captors and Card Captor or mm-hmm. Card Captor slash Card Captor Sakura in in Canada, but I mm-hmm. I have not watched the whole thing, so I've got to watch all 70 episodes wow. of, that, of that damn thing soon. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, funny a funny thing is I watched Less anime once I started working on BNA. That's what that you know what pretty much everybody who works with anime in some capacity, whether you're you know, working on yeah, it we don't, or writing we don't actually about it, watch that much. Yeah. 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 I I <laughs> I always hear that from people. You're too busy making it. <laughs> yeah, you're too busy making it to actually watch and enjoy things that uh, are outside of your uh, your your sphere of of, yeah. of work. <laughs> Is there anything that you've been following lately? Um, let me think. Sure, surely you've checked out Azuken. Oh yes, for yeah. sure. Um, I think I I followed quite a bit of it. Um, while I was airing, I think I still haven't watched maybe like the last one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. That that one's like pretty great. I like it. I mean, I, I watched uh, BNA a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, well, while I was working on BNA, I, I did, like, go back and, like, revisit a bunch of trigger shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think before working on BNA, I had watched the Little Witch OVA and Kill a Kill and Gruen Lagan, I guess. Um, I, I haven't actually, like, or I hadn't actually watched Little Witch, mm-hmm. the anime, until I started working on BNA. And then when I started working on BNA, I'm like, you know, I, I should probably watch Little Witch. For research, and then you know you're like two episodes in, and then it's not research anymore. You just watch it. Yeah. Have you watched any of the stuff that uh, the the trigger the trigger guys did before they formed Studio Trigger, like um like Fully Cooly? Yeah, Fully Cooly. Yeah, or, so I checked uh, that out. Yeah, or uh, Re Cutie Honey uh, is a good one if you haven't seen that, or oh. uh, Dead Leaves. 
Oh no, not not the other two, not yeah. yet. Yeah, it's all, I it's, see, like, it's all good. Stuff. I see just though, like when I watch uh, those Sakuga compilations, they're in there because they're so great. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of uh, of BNA itself, is, is there anything you can you want to say or can say uh, about the show? Uh, just in anticipation of its uh, its launch in a. Well, I guess uh, I guess by the time I put this episode up, it's probably it may already be up, but. Yeah, yeah. well, I guess like watch it on Netflix. It's yeah. cool. I worked on. I worked on it, dear to my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much all my questions. Uh, oh, cool. Is there anything you're working on right now that you're able to talk about? Hmm, a giant. Uh, or in or with anything in general. Oh, with anything. Um. If you had to think about it, probably, <laughs> pro- pro- probably not. It's okay. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we're, we're working on we're working on stuff, and it's, yeah. and it's cool. And I hope you'll look forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> and having been been a, an overseas or international person working on a, an anime production, do you, do you think we're going to see more of that uh, happening in the future? We're, we're already seeing lots of it happening as more yeah. people work remote or yeah. the, the processes moving uh, in in to more and more digitization, which of course Japan, many parts of the Japanese industry are doing are kicking and screaming into uh, in, into that era, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, do you, do you think we're going to see more of that or more, uh, like, Canadian or Western artists working on anime in, in a capacity like this? Yeah, I would say so. Like, especially, like, you know, like, with the internet, like, like, everyone's visibility is, like, so much higher and, like, um, digital work. The location you do things from is, like, less of a barrier mm-hmm. than before. And, like, as you said, like there, there's like more and more like people that are not in Japan, like working on anime productions. And I think like because of that, like representation and stuff, like I, I can see that continuing. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the, lo- yeah, for the longest time it was like, yeah, Thomas Romain and JD Bahi, those guys work in, uh, in, in don't live in Japan, but but work. Yeah, and we're seeing we're I you know it seems we're definitely seeing more and more of that happening. And yeah, um, I I don't know. I I guess many of the the studios in Japan will uh will be forced to uh push more things remote uh due due to COVID, and <laughs> uh may, may, maybe that will be what finally pushes them to uh to to adapt a little more. But yeah, maybe but, yeah. Uh, yeah, anything else you wanted to, to just add about working on BNA or just working at Jainan or Trigger or anything like that before we wrap up? Um, not really. I guess, like, you know, whenever I look back on my career, I feel like I've been, like, extremely fortunate. So, like, I'm I'm very, like, grateful for, like, all the opportunities and the like, experiences I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh- so... Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was, I'm yeah. very happy you were able to join uh, join me on the show today. Uh, Janice, where can uh, folks find you online or find your work online or find you on uh, on social media? My handle is Janice or Jen Ice Cream on basically everything. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you're on uh, Twitter and, and yeah, Instagram. Yeah, Twitter, and... Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook. And yeah, yeah Jen, Jen Ice Cream, J-E-N yeah. Ice Cream. I-C-E-C-R-E-A-M dot com uh, would be your, your website with all your 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 work and stuff on yeah, there as yeah. well. Right? Yeah. 
All right, cool. and uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to Zonen Canada. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at jbetteridge or email zonencanada at gmail.com. The theme song is by Ultra Kleistron. Uh, you can find that on his album Packet Flood, uh, which is you can find it at ultraclystron.com. You can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, or whatever your podcast app of choice is. I also have a coffee account at ko-fi.com slash Canada. You can uh, send a tip my way if uh, if you like the work I do. Uh, for the next little while, pretty much anything I get on coffee is going to be donated to uh, charity like uh, the Hogan's Alley Society or Black Lives Matter Vancouver or Canada. So uh, just keep that in mind if, uh, if you send a tip my way there. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, see you again.